Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series one with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled One Response. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com loaded with tons of information constantly being updated. Enjoy this message. Oh, yeah. God bless you folks this morning. You can be seated. And we appreciate every single one of you today. We're glad you're here in the house of God. And how many know God is still on the throne this morning? Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. And so I'm glad to be here in the presence of God, worshiping with all of you folks today. It's just wonderful to be in his presence and Many of you may already know uh, this past week my mother passed away, but I know where she's at. She's in eternity in the arms of Jesus. And uh, I've had several pastors say, do you, do, you, do you need me to preach for you? I said, no, I'm going to preach. That's what my mom would want me to do today. She would want me to preach the gospel like I have been this morning. And so uh, I'm going to minister the word of God because I believe today My heart is broken, but my faith is intact. Hallelujah. And that's what we have to do. Amen. Things in this world are going to break our heart. Things in this world are going to disappoint us. But our faith needs to remain intact. And so I want to say to all of you, uh, we, I really, my family and I really appreciate uh, your love, your condolences, your prayer, uh, flowers, plants, uh, you know, cards, (laughs) notes, uh, just everything. I mean, just been overwhelmed uh, by uh, people sending me messages and, and all of that. My wife and, our, uh, and my family and my brothers, there's, uh, there's six of us brothers, and I just we, I want to thank you on, uh, on the behalf of our family, the Lopez family. Thank you. Give the Lord a big praise. Thank you for all your love. It means so much. It means so much this morning. Uh, but we're going to continue in the series called one, say one. Uh, last week, I talked about one piece of the puzzle. If you weren't here last week, I really enjoyed uh, ministering that message. I pray that you enjoyed it as well. One piece of the puzzle. And we had some people here trying to do some puzzles. Remember that? And uh, one piece of the puzzle. How many of every single piece counts? And I talked about the little slave girl. She was one piece of the puzzle to somebody else's miracle. And all it takes is one moment one response to make a difference. And throughout the Bible, there are several people that just did one thing and it changed everything about their lives. And I believe it just takes one. And so this morning, I'm going to minister out of a conversation that Jesus had with one lady at the well. He had a conversation with one lady at the well and it changed everything. It's found in the book of John chapter 4, and there's so many things that we can learn out of this story. I've heard this, I've heard many messages, many sermons on the woman at the well, but I pray today that it'll be something fresh for you because uh, it's been fresh for me to look at the story again and again, and there's so many things that you can pull out. I've had to cut my sermon short, so if I go a little long, four hours, it shouldn't be, no, I'm just kidding, but I'm going to minister as quick as I can some thoughts that the Lord has just put in my heart as we look into this message today. But I want to read just a few verses of Scripture as we dive into this message. John chapter 4, 
uh, verse number four of the word of God. But on the way, he had to go through the country of Samaria. This is Jesus had to go through the country. He said, in Samaria, Jesus came uh, to the town called uh, Sychar, or Sychar, some people pronounce it, which is near the field Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired. See, he's a human being like us. He was tired from a long trip. So he sat down beside the well. It was about 12 o'clock or 12 noon when a Samaritan woman came to the well to get some water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. This happened while Jesus' followers were in town buying some food. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for truth. We thank you, God, today that your word is so powerful even today. So I pray today, God, that you open up our hearts, remove every distraction, so many things in our mind and so many things that we're thinking about. I just pray today, open our heart, open our spirit, Lord, to the word of God. Let it transform us and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I love this story because when you begin to read this story and think about the conversation, the many conversations that Jesus had with people, they're still relevant today. And these conversations that Jesus had with certain people really kind of deal with the same issues that we're dealing with today. When we think of all the issues that are going on in our time, they were going on during Jesus' time. We struggle with the same problems that they were struggling. They struggled with uh, hypocrisy. They troubled. They troubled. Uh, uh, they were troubled by uh, you know guilt, and they were troubled by anger and indifference and misguided ambition and broken dreams. And sometimes when we read the Bible, we think it's not relevant. But I want you to know you haven't really read the Bible then, because when you read the Bible, you're going to find that it's timeless. That the Bible, that the words that come out of this of these scriptures are profound, and it really tells us who we are and where we're going. It tells us also who Jesus is and what he's about. And, and so when I talk about the one today, yes, we're talking about the one named Jesus, but we're also talking about one, you, and that God could minister to you. And Jesus has this conversation with this woman. And I want you to think about this. Jesus was God in the flesh. He was God in human form. And here he is ministering, taking the time to talk to this woman. And he meets this woman at this particular time. And it seemed like a chance encounter. But I want you to realize something. It's not by chance Jesus is talking to this woman. It's too coincidental to be a coincidence. And so Jesus has purposely, when we begin to read the scripture, purposely has gone to this well and gone to Samaria because he had planned to have a conversation with this woman. In fact, this is the longest conversation in scripture that Jesus ever had with anyone. He, this is the longest conversation he ever had with the disciple, with any family member. That's recorded in the Bible. So God has chosen to record this conversation that Jesus had with this woman because there's something we're supposed to glean from this. There's something we're supposed to take away from this that applies to us. 
Now, the Bible says he happens to come to this well, and he's going to meet this woman in Samaria. But uh, there's a couple of things that you need to understand that uh, most people, especially if you were Jewish, you did not go through Samaria. In fact, it was the shortest route to Jerusalem was to go through Samaria, but because there was religious hatred, because there was prejudice, because of all these different things, the Jewish people took the longer route, and they went through Jericho, which was kind of a like a winding road. And so instead of being a two-and-a-half-day journey, they would go the longer route, a, a four-and-a-half-day journey, because they, they wanted to avoid going through Samaria because there was this bias and this prejudice and racism that they, they, they wanted to avoid those people, so they take the longer route. If you've ever been in any gangs, don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been, if you grew up in the neighborhood, you know about the invisible walls. You know that you don't go over here and you don't go over there. I grew up in a neighborhood where I knew where I, I, I didn't go over there. I didn't cross the tracks over here. I, I stood within my area, my, within my neighborhood, because there's some invisible wall. You would take the longer route. You would take the longer route to avoid that. And there were times when you went through there. And I, I remember a couple of times I went there and there was always trouble. I said, I won't take that route again. I almost got in a few fights with people and, and, you know, trying to steal my bike and everything else. But that's another story. But here is Jesus. He comes to this well, and the well was made in such a way that the, the, the well was built up above the ground. So they had a ledge there, and you can sit on the ledge. The Bible said that he sat beside the well. Maybe he sat on the edge of the well uh, on the lip of the well, we're not sure, but Jesus is there, and this woman comes uh, uh, casually uh, to draw some water. And Jesus says to her, woman, or will you give me a drink? And the disciple clearly, the Bible clearly said that the disciples had gone to get some food uh, in the marketplace, so they, you know, they went down to Walmart or Costco at that time, whoever, wherever it was, and they went to go get some food. And while they were gone, and Jesus had some other business to do, and he talked to this woman, and he said, can you give me a drink? Now, the Bible said he had to go through Samaria. Technically, he didn't, but again, because he had a mission, he went to Samaria, it didn't have to go, but he went there. And the Bible says that it was in the afternoon. And so it had been a very hot day. If you read the whole uh, context of that scripture, you'll find that Jesus had been up early in the morning already, had been ministering. Uh, he was tired. Uh, and he ends up at this well. And he begins to talk to this woman. Uh, and I want you to realize something that, that this woman didn't know it, but she had a divine appointment with Jesus, divine appointment with God. It was a setup. They set up. It was. It was a, she, she didn't even realize it. She wasn't going to the well to meet Jesus. She was going to the well to get some water. She had no idea Jesus would be at the well. And here's the thing about this woman if this woman has some major issues, and we're going to talk about, say, issues, man. How, how many know some people with issues? 
She had a lot of issues. We're going to talk about her issues in just a moment. But how many thank God that God will wait on you? How many thank God for his power? But how many thank God for his patience? And there are moments when God will wait on you. And some of us are hard-headed. Am I right? We're, we got a we got a head like a, a iron. We got a head like a man bulletproof head. And and and, and you know it takes a while for God to get through. And God is patient with us. God is willing this morning to wait on us. And he's waiting on this woman to, because she doesn't realize that to set up some of you, when you first came to church, you only came because they kept bugging you. You're so hard. You finally came and you didn't realize you were on the Holy Ghost hit list and God wanted to get a hold of you. God wanted to touch your life. And so this woman has no idea, and she goes there, and she starts basically maybe filling her, her jug of water casually, avoiding any conversation with Jesus, trying to ignore Jesus. I love this because Jesus cannot be ignored. And remember, Jesus is sitting at the well. It basically is God in the flesh sitting right in front of her. I said, Jesus is sitting at the well, and she doesn't even know who Jesus is. She doesn't even know she's in the presence of God. Some of us this morning, you would know the presence of God if it hits you in the face. You don't realize many times you're in the presence of God. See, God many times doesn't come in the way you want him to come. The Bible said that one time in the, in the Old Testament, he came in a burning bush. Another time he spoke to Elijah in a whisper. Another time he came as the pillar, a, a, a pillar of cloud and a, and a fire by night. Many times he comes in a vision and a dream. Bible says that one time he came as the baby, then as a 12-year-old in the temple, and now he's sitting at the ledge of a well talking to this woman, and she doesn't even recognize who Jesus is. She doesn't recognize she's in the presence of God. See, I, I recognize that many times that people walk into this house and walk into this room and they don't recognize the presence of God. Sometimes there's even people of God. They'll walk in casually like, oh my, how many songs are they going to sing? And how many times are they going to sing that song? Nothing else, nothing else will do. Nothing else, nothing else. Man, I'm looking for something else, but there's nothing else. Let's be honest. And we're just kind of casually walking in. We're kind of rolling our eyes. And we're really missing out because we think it's an ordinary moment when it's the divine moment in the presence of God. And the Bible says that he came there or she came there in the afternoon because let me tell you why. Because she had a lot of stuff going on in her life. And we'll get into that in a moment. But she came there because she was really rejected by the community. See, most women, when they went to the well, it was the social highlight of the day. It was a time where other women would get there and they would chat and they would have a good time and they would talk, but she was ostracized. She was a woman that was rejected. There was things, she had a lot of baggage and she was the social reject. And so she wanted to go expecting no one to be there. She wanted to go alone in the middle of the day and she didn't realize that Jesus was seeking after her even though he was not seeking or she was not seeking after him. 
See, God will seek after you. How many thank God? Uh, most of us say, well, well, I sought after God. Can I tell you the reality? God was seeking after you. In fact, this is what Jesus said. I love what Jesus says here. He tells us, the Lord came to seek and to save that which was lost. All of us were lost at one time. The Bible says no one comes to the Father unless what? The Spirit draws him. And so let's read the rest of the story here because I love this. So the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? Again, there was this racial prejudice for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. We think we're dealing with all this racial stuff going on. It was happening way back then. It's nothing new. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would what? Given you living water. Sir, this woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? She said, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? I can just hear Jesus say, I, I knew Jacob. Before you knew him, amen. And so Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Hallelujah. And this woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty. Amen and have to keep coming here to draw this water. Here is this triple surprise that happens here in this scenario. Because Jews were not supposed to be speaking to Samaritans. Second, a woman and a man were not supposed to be speaking in private, especially him being a rabbi. And the third thing is, why would a Jewish person uh, drink from a Samaritan's cup. So when this woman saw Jesus sitting at the ledge of this well, she undoubtedly knew that he was Jewish by the way he dressed, by the way he looked. She saw that maybe when he asked her for a drink, he could hear, she could hear his accent, and she knew it's like people, they know our accent. They go, you're from L.A., aren't you? Huh? You're, from the, you're from the East Coast. You know, you're from New York. Come on, get out of here. You know, what is that? So all of this stuff. And so Jesus doesn't care about this stuff. He's going to break those barriers. He's going to talk to her he, because you know what Jesus is not concerned about being p politically correct can I say that again Jesus is not concerned about being politically correct he's going to break all of those barriers and Jesus said I've got some living water that I can give you if you knew who it was that was talking to you you would have asked me for water because I can give you living water and he goes, this water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. See, a lot of us this morning, we struggle or we struggle many times with not, uh, not getting our thirst quenched because we're always looking for something to satisfy us. This woman didn't realize that she was thirsty for more than just water. She was thirsty for something to fill her soul. 
How many know, how many, how many people do you know that are all constantly trying to fill their lives with things and with money and with all kinds of junk? It will never satisfy you. And Jesus said, I've got this living water. And she says, sir, uh, give me this water so that I can drink again. Now, again, she's looking for this water. She's looking for this answer. And this woman is really, again, not thirsty for water. She's thirsty for relationship. And this is why Jesus called her out on this. Look at what he says. He told her, okay, you want this water? Go call your husband and come back. And all of a sudden, it got quiet. Because she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man that you now have and you're living with is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. So Jesus is saying to her, yeah, you, you're, saying, you're saying the truth, but you're not saying the whole story. How do you know when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you or someone calls you out on something, you'll say part of it, but you're not going to say the whole story. It's kind of a half a lie. You, you know what I'm talking about. And so this woman was kind of, you know, she was being honest, but not completely honest. And she probably was not real comfortable uh, with Jesus calling her, calling out her sin. Now, was Jesus trying to embarrass her? Was Jesus trying to shame her? No, that's what, that is not what he was trying to do. He was letting her know, I know everything about you. And I'm still talking to you. I know everything about your past, but I'll take the time to minister to you. Uh, the Bible said that this woman had five husbands, even during that. How many know if you've been married five times, uh, even during, even now, that's kind of weird. But man, back then it was even, uh, even more odd that you'd been married five different times. And finally, you know, she got married, divorced, married, divorced, all these different things. Uh, and then finally, she, the guy that she's living with is not her husband. And so this is why she is a social outcast. This is why uh, she doesn't go to the well uh, to meet the uh, early in the morning with the other women because she is the topic of the gossip. She knew they would all be talking about like, here she comes. There she is, Right. And so she didn't want to be that, so she came in the afternoon, and all of a sudden now, Jesus is talking to her about living water, and, and, she, and this is her response when he says, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. If you begin to read the story, she's, she's, a very, she's talking, she's very talkative, but when it comes, when God calls her out on her sin, she gets quiet. I don't know, we could be talking about a bunch of stuff, and all of a sudden, they call us out on them, we just go out like, hmm. Right? Man, I could be preaching, you're laughing, cracking, but as soon as I call out your sin, you're just like, mm. what time is it? What time do we need to go? Are we ready to go, honey? Right? We get quiet. And so she got quiet. She, she, she was guilty, her conscience. But Jesus said, that, telling her, you know what? Go call your husband because Jesus has something that he wants to give her, not take away from her. Can you say amen? Again, this is the longest conversation that, that we read in Scripture that Jesus has with anyone. Wouldn't it be, isn't it kind of a shock that 
Jesus doesn't have the longest conversation with a politician, uh, with a family member, with another religious leader, yet it's this woman, this immoral woman, this promiscuous woman that Jesus had the longest conversation with. He starts the conversation about water. He said, excuse me, can I have some water? Because he's using water as an illustration. He's using water as an illustration. Here's what I want to say to you. She didn't have one husband. She didn't have two husbands. Not three, four, five. I, I mean, just three or four, five, five husbands. I mean, here's the, I, I know you're not going to like this, but, but we know she's not ugly if she's been married five, five times, right? We know that. I know you're not going to like that, but just, just an analogy. You've been married five times. You must be kind of attractive. Okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of think out of the box. I know some of you theologians ain't going to like what I'm going to say right now. But I just kind of get my imagination in there, okay? Just a little bit. Just think about it. She's been married five. She's probably an attractive woman. She's probably used to men talking to her. But not expecting a Jewish man to talk to her. So she probably went to get some water at the well and as she's getting there, she can see this man. She goes, oh, my goodness, another man. I hope this guy don't talk to me. I, I've got enough men in my life. Possible that she said that. Again, I, I, we're taking it out of the, you know, out of, just think out of the box with me, okay? And she's probably thinking, my goodness, not another man. And, and then she gets there, and he's sitting on the edge. Maybe she's on the other start trying to get some water. And, 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 and he starts looking at her. She says, why are you looking at me? Why are you staring at me? Man, you know, I, I, I'm just going to get my water, and I'm going to get out of here. And all of a sudden, he talks to her. He says, can you give me some water? And Jesus then starts talking to her and gets in her business, right? This is what I love about the Bible because the Bible, these are real people. Did you hear me? These are real people. You ever see the Chevy commercial? These are not actors. These are real people. It's the same thing. These are real people. Not actors, not extras, uh, real people. And, and so here, here, these are real people. And kind of when I read the Bible, it's kind of like a little bit like TMZ. You ever, you ever watch TMZ? You know, they, they know the latest gossip about people. Yeah, this person's gaining weight. Oh, yeah, this is the breakup. That guy's in rehab. Oh, yeah, DUI over here. Oh, yeah, they're getting a divorce. Oh, yeah, look at him do that. He doesn't really have hair. Look at he's bald. All these different things. And TMZ, they just lay out all your junk. Don't they? They just, all, 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 what, what is it? Your, your dirty laundry. Right? That's what they do. Your dirty laundry. And when I read the Bible, there's a lot of dirty laundry, man. How would you like to be mentioned in the Bible? How would you want your story in the Bible? The best-selling book in, in the world ever, your, your, your story's in the Bible. And I'm talking about everything. Everything you ever did, everything you ever said is in the Bible. How would you like that? I mean, the Bible is real people. And I'm just here to tell you today, I'm glad God put real people in the Bible. This is why I'm glad, because I'm glad this morning that I read it, because we're, if we're not careful, we can be really religious, man. I'm, you've never been to some phony churches where people like are under the Christian uh, protection list or the witness protection list, and they've never done anything. I want you to know we're real. 
real people. We have flaws. And thank God that because you have flaws, because you have problems, because you have issues, that God can still use you, that God can still anoint you, that it's power. Because I'm glad it is in the Bible that it tells us no matter how messed up you are, God can still use your life. And so she's had five husbands. She doesn't gather there with all the other women. And Jesus immediately began to ask her for some water. And she says to him, you know what? You don't even, she begins to tell her about the living water. She goes, you can't even, you don't even have a rope. You don't, or you don't even have a bucket to get water. But here's what I, here's what I want us to think about. This woman had allowed, listen to me. This woman had allowed her perspective, the way, she sees, the way she sees things, to be polluted by her past experience. Listen to me. This is real important. It better be Jesus on the line. Hallelujah. Put a silence on that phone, please. Amen. But this woman had allowed her perspective, how she allowed her perspective, how she sees things to be polluted by her past experience. She thought maybe that Jesus was there. Again, I know I'm, maybe Jesus was there to pick up on her. I'm just saying that, okay? That Jesus was there to kind of give the one-liner. Can I have a drink of water? You know, possible, you know. You know how guys try to say, hey, do I know you? You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I'm just kidding. But here is Jesus was not trying to get anything from her. He was trying to get something to her. And her, her perspective had become polluted by her past experience. It's possible, think about this, Jesus was the seventh man in her life having an intimate conversation with her. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? She'd gone through five husbands. Uh, she, uh, she's uh, number six, she's not even married. And now number seven shows up is Jesus. And here's the interesting, the number seven is the, is the number of God, the number of completion. Jesus said, I come to complete you. I come to fulfill you. Thank God for that. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm preaching better than you're clapping today, but that's all right. She was going to miss out on a God moment by her wrong response because her perspective had been polluted by her experience. See, you got to have proper perspective today. Can I be honest with you? Perspective changes everything. I'll be honest, especially in church. Your perspective changes everything. The way you see things or don't see changes everything of what God can do in your life. You can miss out on a God moment because of your perspective has been polluted by your past experience. In fact, your perspective that's been polluted can stop what God can do in your life. Do you know that you can limit God by your perspective? Now think, think about that for a moment. God is all-powerful. God is almighty. God is unlimited, yet you can limit God by your perspective. Now, you said, you have any scripture for that? Yes. Matter of fact, I do. I'll show you that in a moment. Matter of fact, I can show you in the Bible that your perspective is huge, man. It's huge. We, I've said this many times. Your perspective is your reality. What do I mean by that? Whether you see things right or wrong, it's your reality. 
I was reading, I don't know, a couple years ago about people that believe the world is flat. I mean, their perspective is their reality. We know it's not, but to them it is. And so their perspective, the way they see things is their reality. And so when you begin to talk about the world, the roundness of the world, they don't believe that. They believe the world is flat. So perspective is very integral to becoming what God wants you to do or God wants you to be and how God sees you. Because if we have the wrong perspective, we're saying, well, God doesn't see me this way. And if you don't see it, you won't receive it. It's easier said than done. A lot of us, listen to me. We have some biases and some prejudices in our lives. I'm not not talking about racially, but we prejudge based on past experience. This is part of being human. You can walk into this room and you can say, oh, I know what this is about. Oh, I know, I know what's going on here. You know, you ever walk in a place, oh, yeah, I see. I see what's happening. Oh, I, I get it now. See, that's, yeah, they, because you, you're biased on your past experience. Women are good at this, man. When they see another woman, they go, oh, huh. I know exactly. I know what she's about. Yep. Oh, I see her strutting her stuff. I know exactly what that girl is. Get away from my husband. Don't talk to him. I, I know exactly who you are. Because we prejudge. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're clapping today. We prejudge based on our past experience. I can see that person a mile away. Can, can I just be honest with you? I'm going to be honest with you. When I meet people most of the time for the first time and, and I, I begin to share the things of God, uh, can I be honest? I, I know it's not going to sound spiritual, but I don't tell them that I'm a pastor. And the reason I don't tell them that, because the moment I say I'm a pastor or I'm a preacher, they go, oh, you're a pastor, huh? Oh, let me just tell you something about the church. Let me just tell you something about this pastor that hurt me and this leader that did me wrong. And, this, and so most of the time I don't tell people because they're not going to hear me because they, they prejudge me. They have the wrong perspective already and they've, la- they've allowed their past experience or, or they've polluted, but their mind is polluted by their past experience. And so they won't receive your perspective is polluted by your past experience. And this is exactly, now if we do that humanly, in other words, to human to human, how much more do we do it with God? God is multidimensional. God is multifaceted. And what happens many times, if you can't see it, you won't receive it. And so we can limit God by our perspective. And this unlimited God becomes limited because of our perspective, the way we see it. And you can come to church. Listen to me. I've seen it in church today. You can come to church and you can just say, oh, I know what they're going to do. They're going to sing those three songs and they're going to, you know, it's going to be loud and they're going to go up and then the guy's going to come up here and do a prayer and then Isaac's going to come and talk about offering and then Pastor Omar's going to come and preach. I got it all down. I know exactly what's going to happen and the way you see it is how you're going to receive it. And what happens here, here's what I've learned. The same two people, two people can come to church and one can say, ah, nah, it it was okay. How's church? Ah, you know, eh, you know, it was like. Another person said, man, my goodness, God got a hold of me. God touched me. And it really has freed me as a pastor. Can I be honest with you? 
Because honestly, I think sometimes I always started with based upon how good I can uh, preach, how great I can tell you a story, how much I can give you a text. Uh, but I realized, really, it's, it's your perspective that changes everything. It's your attitude. You get back what you put into it. And so there's a lot of people, they could be in the same service, you get nothing out of it because their perspective, they've allowed their past experience okay, to pollute their perspective and they won't receive what God has for them and therefore they leave the church service the same way or worse than they walked in. Mark chapter 6, thank you brother, God bless you. Mark chapter 6 verse 4 there's somebody who's got good perspective. Mark chapter 6, verse many, f- verse number 5. Look at, here's the story. He said, I could na- he could not do any miracles there or mighty works there is another version except lay hands on a few people and heal them. How could that be that Jesus, this powerful uh, God in the flesh, unlimited, got to this town and could not do many miracles there. He was limited. Why? Because of the people's perspective. You know why? Because the Bible says it was his hometown. And so when Jesus showed up, they said, oh, that's just Jesus. Oh, we know his sisters. We know his brother. We know his mom. Man, they, he grew up next door. In fact, my, my you know, he was, he was, you know, he's the carpenter. My, I, I still got a coffee table made by him. I know who Jesus is. He's not the son of God. He's not anybody mighty. He's not anybody powerful. Are you listening to me? He, his, their perspective was polluted by their past experience, and it misses what God has for them. This woman had to get the right perspective, and Jesus had to change her perspective in order to get the right response. If you don't have the right perspective, you're going to have the wrong response. Are you listening to me? This woman was shocked. What was she shocked by? She was shocked that Jesus was talking to her. She was shocked that Jesus was asking her for some water. She was shocked because Samaritans and Jewish people didn't talk. She was shocked by that. But Jesus was asking her for water, again, as an illustration, because how many know that Jesus didn't need any water from her? I mean, if it's Jesus, he could have sat down by the well and he said, oh, I need a drink of water, and miraculously, Fiji water would have came out, just like this, right? <laughs> and he said, you know what, I think I'll take some Aquafina, and all some Aquafina comes out, right? I'll, I'll, I'll take some of it, and I'll, it could it could it all came out the way he wanted it to come out, or even in the natural, he could have told he could have told the disciples, "Hey, listen, you're going into town." The Bible said they were going into town. Remember, you're going into town. Bring back a bucket because I, I want to drink some of this fresh water. Jesus didn't need no water. She needed Jesus. She needed the living water. See, here's the thing many times. We think that God wants to take something from us when in reality, God wants to give you something. I said, God wants to give you something. And this woman, he began to ask this question to this woman. And here's what I want to say many times when we think about questions, because we always say, God has all the answers, and he does. 
But can I tell you, many times in the Bible, God has all the questions. In fact, maybe we ought to start a series called The Questions God Asks, right? Many questions. Maybe we'll talk about that. There's all kinds of questions in the Bible that Jesus is asking. And so Jesus is asking her a question. Again, I actually believe that many times God will ask a question. Not to inform, not for you to inform him. How many know he already knows the answer? God already knows the answer to the question, but you need to know the answer to that question, to who asked you that question. And many times he'll ask you the question so that you could know that he's the only one that can answer the question. Think about this. The Bible says that one of the first questions in the Bible is when Adam and Eve, they fall into sin. Remember that? They fall into sin, and, Jesus, and, and, and the Bible said that God comes walking through the garden, and they're hiding behind the trees. You can't hide from God anyway, but they're hiding behind the trees. Like they, and, and, and God asked, where are you? How many know God already knew where they were? Hey, where are you guys? I'm looking for you. I'm looking all over for you. I sent a text, you know, I mean, all this. I was trying to find you on the, on the app here. I couldn't find you, trying to locate you. Did you guys turn off your location thing? What happened? Where are you? But God, nah, he knew where they were at. God wanted them to know where they were at. See, many times God is asking you questions so that you can know where you're at. And a lot of us this morning, we have a lot of questions. God, why did this happen? God, why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? Why is this going on in my life? We can have those questions. God, why, why, why did this person die? Why did this person hurt me? Why did this person do me wrong? Why did I go through so many things when I was young? Why did all these things happen in my life? God, why, did, why was I abandoned? Why did my dad abandon me? Why did this person hurt me? And God is saying, you know what? Think about this. I have a question for you. Are you listening to me? You're still holding on, aren't you? You're still okay. When are you going to let go of it and let me be your father? When are you going to let me go of it and let me be your healer? When are you going to let go of it and let me be the one that will help you? When are you going to let go of that bitterness and let me be somebody that can make it better? And he tells this woman about this living water. He tells this woman, I can give you some living water and you'll never thirst again. In fact, let me take a drink. Of course, we know it's not living water. It's just Fiji, guys, anyway. This natural water, this natural water that he was talking about, or she thought he was talking about, he was really talking about a spiritual water, living water. See, the question is this morning, all of us are thirsty. But what are you going to allow to quench your thirst? Not Gatorade. Not, not, not these outside relationships. Don't ever satisfy you. Not all the junk that the world has. Jesus said, I'm the living water. I will satisfy you. I said, Jesus said, he'll satisfy you. He'll quench your thirst if you let him this morning. And I love, you can, I can have the worship team come up, but I love the ending of the story. Because the Bible says, if you read the rest of the story, she goes back to her town. In fact, she leaves the water pot there. She goes, I'm not going to need this anymore. I found someone that can quench my thirst. 
And she leaves that water pot. She goes back to her town. And she begins to tell everybody there about someone that told her everything about her life. And the scripture says, she said, come and see, come and hear him. And the Bible says she goes back to Samaria, shares her testimony. That one response to the truth, that one response to the living water, she goes back and she begins to tell everybody in Samaria, this woman that was the reject, this woman that was an outcast, is now proclaiming the truth of God, the good news. If now no longer full of shame, no longer full of guilt, because she's been drinking the living water, hallelujah, that has washed her sins away. And the Bible said everybody in that town comes out, and Jesus spends a few days ministering and people getting saved, and they finally turned to her and said, now we believe, not because of your testimony, but we've been drinking the water too, Hallelujah. See, there's so many people that need to be drinking that living water that you got, that I got. And all we got to do is say, here it is, hallelujah. We know someone. We got to have the right response. We got to change our perspective. God wants to give you a living water that will cleanse your soul. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you today. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for living water, God, that quenches our thirst. God, that satisfies our soul. That God, today, you're here, God, today, to help us. Even when we don't understand all that's going on, and we don't even understand all the hurts and all the pains in our life, God, your living water will always satisfy so if you're here in this room or maybe you're listening online today, I'm here to tell you today about a living Savior that has been waiting on you just like he waited on this woman. He's been patiently waiting on you to come to him. He's waiting on you to surrender your life to him today. Maybe you're watching online or you're here in this room today. Be honest, God's been patient with you. God's all-powerful, but man, God is patient. And we can be so hard-headed. You need to change your perspective because you've allowed your past experience to pollute all of the stuff in your life. It's been polluted by your past experience. You need to change your perspective and open your heart to the living Savior. She changed her perspective at that moment. And she said, oh, I know he's the Messiah, she says. I know who he is now. He's here to forgive me. He's here to forgive you today. He's here to change your life. So whoever you are in this room right now, you're sitting in this room right now, Christians praying quietly, every head bowed, every eye closed right now. If you're in this place or you're online, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the living water that you're talking about. I need to surrender my life to him. I need to change my perspective today. Oh, friend, today, I'll tell you, he loves you. Maybe you've been in church before. Maybe you heard the message before. Maybe you've been around Christianity. I, I don't know how long, whatever it may be. Maybe you heard all this. I'm here to tell you today, you need to break those, that perspective today. Don't let your past experience pollute your perspective. Open your heart to him today. 
Surrender your life right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.